You are listening to EP Culture Beats, the underground source of El Paso, Texas. Our guest for this episode is local artist Ho Baron. He is a surrealist sculptor whose work is reminiscent of ancient art representations of gods and monsters. His work can be seen around town and all over his house's front yard on Piedra Street. In this interview, we talk about his artistic journey and process and his current work. How's it going, man? How are you? Okay, Miguel. Thanks for inviting me. What inspired the trippy aesthetics of your sculptures? I'm mostly self-taught, and I have a degree in library science and English, a couple master's degrees, and I was into writing, and I drifted into the visual arts because they're a lot more fun than writing. Writing is tough. I've taken some art classes over the years, but mostly I'm self-taught, and nobody ever told me what I should create, as they would in an art class where there's always a slant and so I develop my own style plus I'm I I feel like why reproduce what's been done why reinvent the wheel I've always attempted to do something original my pieces are real intricate because I always felt like I had time the world wasn't waiting and so I created a, a real intricate style looking at your sculptures we're inside your office right now I'm pretty sure it reminds people of having psychedelic experiences. Um, is that something that you that you drew inspiration from? No, I, I've barely done any psychedelics over the years. I call my work surrealist. Mm-hmm. It's not realism. I always said my camera can do it. I did photography over the years. I still do photography. And photography is realism. And, so, and I like the concept of pushing limits and creating something new. And I developed a style over the years and what I call motifs. And I do faces within faces, and right. and it's all work that I did with my hands with clay. I used an oil-based clay. It never dried. Mm-hmm. So I could continue working it. And so my work is surrealist. I call it abstract figurative. It's a the human figure we relate to. That's what we relate to. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in abstract art because mostly it's just decorative, yeah. and it doesn't tell a story. And I feel like figurative art, it's us. It's who we are. And we could see ourselves in it. Somehow, easily. and we can relate to it. Yeah. And you can look at my piece, and I can tell stories about my piece, and somebody else could tell another story. They're imaginative, and I like the concept of imagination and the creative process and creating something new and different. Cool. It seems the neighborhood has embraced you. You've been having Halloween events, and you placed a little free library on your property. How do you feel about that? And when I first started doing sculpture, and I put sculpture on the street... I'm on a busy street, and I get thousands of cars probably a day. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a ready-made audience. And at first, I was a devil worshiper, and <laughs> I, I was a cult, yeah. and um, people didn't understand my work. And uh, there's still people who don't, you know. There's stories of women who pass my house and cross themselves. Yeah. You know? But <laughs> I always say, I don't believe in anything, so devil worshiper is nonsense mm-hmm. they're the devil worshippers and I hire the bus bench outside and it says that I'm a sculptor and over the years you know when people see something repeatedly they eventually accept it right. so, or hopefully they'll, they'll accept it especially in the arts because the arts can be anything and sculpture can be anything Though Halloween events, I'm in a neighborhood where everybody knows, and on a main street, so everybody knows this house. Halloween, I'm reaching out to the public mm-hmm. and inviting the children. I don't invite them into the house yeah. at, on <laughs> Halloween, right. but I hire a living statue. And cool. I've been doing it 10, 12 years, and I always, wow. I always hire somebody different. And I really like the concept of a living statue. 
I get 1,000 to 1,500 people here. I don't advertise it. And, you know, I have traffic jams in front of the house. And this last Halloween, I had a woman who's got dreadlocks. Yeah. And she was a Medusa, and she had snakes coming out of her hair. And, wow. And her face was green, and it, and it was a lot of fun. In Morris, there's some living statues around the marketplace. They're like three of them last time I was there. It exists everywhere. I first saw the living statue in um, the living statues on the Rambla in uh, Barcelona, oh, cool. where there were probably 20 living statues on that on that street. So Halloween is fun, and it's my favorite holiday. holiday you know, I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's like fun. what what mask are you wearing today? What mask are you wearing tomorrow? You know, that's true. The little library or the free library is sort of something that's growing around the country, and there's a woman in El Paso who coordinates it. And um, I'm a librarian. I worked at the community college for 12 years part time. My wife is still a librarian with the community college. Cool. We're book people, and uh, we believe in books, and we believe in education. She's actually taking care of the little library, and people bring books, and people take books. You know, it's like bring a book and take a book. Yeah. It's, it's a sweet neighborhood community kind of thing. That's nice. How did your artistic journey begin, and how did you eventually get into making surreal sculptures? I studied literature, so for a long time I considered myself a writer. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said earlier, I eventually drifted into the visual arts. Right. And I went from writing into photography, into drawing. I was a librarian in Philadelphia in 1980. Cool. And I took a night course at the Philadelphia College of Art in mm -hmm. sculpture. And I was drawn to the process. Because sculpture is, it's not like somebody that paints on a two-dimensional image that's painted on a, on a canvas or a person draws on paper. You know, you start with a form. I start with a form, which is the armature. I put clay on it. And then once I've made my sculpture, there's a mold made. And with the mold, it's a whole process. Yeah. From positive to negative to positive to negative, back to positive. It's Jeez, complex. It's very hands-on. Yeah, and I like the process. It's slow. But I enjoy it. I just drifted from one form of art to another. Mm -hmm. And I took a sculpture class at UTEP when I came back to El Paso in 1980 and learned the foundry process. Cool. Which, and then I found, I found the foundry in Juarez. And um, it's an art foundry that casts work for artists. Mm -hmm. And it's 30 minutes from my house. It's less expensive than the foundries around the country. Right. And it's also where I could work hands-on. I could work with the foundry and, and work on the piece in different processes, in different procedures, different uh, stages. Do you think that artistically inclined people typically go through um, phases like the way you did? I don't know. I, you know, some people do uh, one thing and they don't push, they don't push their imagination. Mm -hmm. Also, a lot of times if artists feel like their work is caught on, they'll repeat the same work over and over again because, hey, I can sell it. And also, can you imagine a, a musician who plays the same song and then has to play it over and over again the rest of their life? Yeah. You know, or, yeah. or a singer? I've always tried to do something different. In two-dimensional art, I tried photography and then I draw on the photographs and then I paint on the photographs. And In sculpture, I... Uh, I tried uh, casting in cement, mm -hmm. casting in bronze, casting in resin. I did small pieces, large mm -hmm. pieces. I, I did reliefs. Uh, if anybody visits my house, which I welcome people, I'm open on Saturdays from noon to five, and I have probably 300 sculptures around the house. I think my setting is different than anyone else's in El Paso. 
I was gonna add, um, your work does have a lot of imagination in it, and what's the wellspring for that imagination? Um, was there a certain show that you saw as a kid, or a certain artist that you that just stuck with you in the back of your head? Not years? really, not no. really. I, you know, I mean, I've been compared to like H.R. Geiger, which yeah. I am not H.R. Geiger by any stretch. <laughs> I like comics because. It can go anywhere. The characters do, can do anything. But ironically, I don't read comics. Right. You know, but mm. but I like the idea, or science fiction, where there is no limit. It's limitless. What's right. the possibility? That's where I think art should go. And like I said to you when we were talking earlier, it's, mm -hmm. why do what's been done? Because it's been done, you know. And I think everybody's just afraid of original ideas. Not everybody, or like I guess like a lot of people. A lot large. of people are, yeah. They yeah. need the familiar, mm -hmm. like cowboys and Indians and 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 Virgin Marys. You know, that's but, true. But why do why do cowboys and Indians and or why paint the mountains over and over again? Because they're they're limitless possibilities. But not everybody wants to do that, and right. I don't put down the people who do that mm -hmm. because I think they're good artists and bad artists. But the creative process we do artists produce for themselves primarily if you don't sell your work the line is remember why you did it you right. did it because you wanted to do it you compelled know? yeah yeah because you have a passion you have an interest and we do the things that interest us and i say you know if you don't have a passion what's wrong with you you know True. people should have passions i never had kids i've changed my life a number of times and so it's permitted me to be to make transitions and transitions are fun in life if, I mean yeah we're not forced to uh, plant rice 12 hours a day you know <laughs> or work in a work in a in a factory and that's true we're a, not forced to do anything job so I I've been fortunate right and I guess I've taken chances but also you know it's luck too and it is chance right in what we do in life unless you say I want to be a doctor when I'm 15 years old and I'm, that's what I become, you know. But I never had that ambition. My ambition was to do what I wanted to do. No limits. Create. Yeah, I mean, there are limits, but in creativity, but there are a lot of ways to create. I mean, I think gardening is creative. Mm -hmm. Cooking is creative. There are a lot of ways to self-express. Walking in nature is creative because you see things, you know. True. Being an artist full-time is tough. What's your measure of success? Measure of uh, success is relative, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people, their success is how much money they can stick in their pocket. <laughs> like I say, if you create art and you enjoy it, that's success. Whatever you do, if you work on cars and you love it, that's success. Mm -hmm. Money doesn't make you happy, but doing what you want to do makes you happy. But you got to want to do something. What projects are you currently working on? I did my modeling in clay, and I made my sculpture for years. And as an old guy now, I just want to continue making things because mm -hmm. it, it makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. We try to be happy, whatever that is. We're not squinching our face, you know, and <laughs> sleepless nights. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I decided to do um, assemblages in sculpture. I decided to continue in sculpture. And uh, assemblages are, are when you take found objects and you put them together. And I went into the flea market to see what I could put together. And I'm not a welder, so I don't, I don't weld metal together. I don't uh, whittle on wood. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't glue wood together. Anyway, dolls, because they're us. 
Dolls R Us and uh, their figure too. Mm-hmm. So I, the last couple of years, I've been doing doll assemblages with found desert roots. And I think my work is totally original, although dolls have been in history, throughout history, yeah. in every culture. Uh, and my dolls are a little different. And some people say they're creepy. And I, you know, there are people that are afraid of dolls and they're afraid of clowns. And I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. you know? I uh, mean, it's still relatable. I'm looking at one of the doll sculptures right now. And it, I mean, I, I think if it's art, it just has to have an aspect of relatability. And everybody's had a doll in their life. Everybody's at least seen a doll. Like I said, I'm not into abstract mm-hmm. abstract art because abstract sculpture is just fills space. It doesn't tell a story. But, you know, like I say, if somebody has creates in the creative spirit and they call it art, who am I to judge? That's Although true. I do judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you get into working with dolls because metal's getting too heavy for you? Well, it's no, it's real expensive. Yeah, well, casting in a bra- in mm-hmm. a foundry. I always said, in two-dimensional art, the framers make the money. In three-dimensional art, the foundries make the money. Is some of your art currently being featured in an exhibit or local public space? Well, I, I have some pieces around El Paso. I have a piece at the public library facing Cleveland Square, a thousand-pound sculpture. Mm-hmm. I have a piece in the in the museum, which presently is in the basement. They showed it for a long time. I hope they bring it back to... Because people would see it and they know my style. And they, yeah. And as they approached it, they would know it was mine. And like I said, kids and other artists really like it. And I have a piece at the Archaeology Museum in cool. a little pond in the back. Wow. You're a recognizable brand in the city. You, you've become a recognizable brand. Well, I'm old and I've been around a long time. <laughs> so How does that feel, though, that people are starting to, like, they know your work and kids... Well, I think I, I think I'm an inspiration to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I'm not bragging. I, yeah. Uh, but but they're seeing something different in what I do, and what I show facing Piedra Street, and it should inspire creative people to, to continue being creative and in, in in doing what they want to do. My next question, um, it kind of detracts from what we've been talking about, but what's your favorite color? That's a, that's a tough one. I like metallic colors. I like colors that are metallic. That's what I've been using on my cool. on my dolls. So not no one color particularly. You just yeah. like that shiniest. Yeah, thing. I, I like the I like the metallic, and that's and you know my sculptures sculptures kind of dull. Actually, mm-hmm. bronzes are dull. They're brown, they're black, or they're green. Mm-hmm. Most recently, the color on the on bronze sculptures is called the patina. And most recently, foundries and patina, people who do the patinas, which is an art in itself, they're using other materials to create other colors. But most of my sculptures are brown, black, or green, and if they're waxed, occasionally they, they need to be waxed to be mm-hmm. kept up. But bronze is permanent, metal's permanent, so unless someone wants to melt it down. <laughs> How does El Paso inspire you? El Paso inspires me in that it's an easy city, it's a nice city, people are congenial, the culture is live and let live culture, and also I'm not so influenced by big city culture, and I'm bored in small cities, mm-hmm. so El Paso's a good size. A medium city? Um, yeah, medium-sized city, and it's it's a secret. El Paso's a cool city in a lot of ways, and especially, like I said, live and let live. I put my sculptures out, and there was criticism of, of my sculpture, but it's still there, Right. and no one has said, take it down. Actually, I did, I did murals on my garage door, mm-hmm. and there was a controversy about the mural, 
this was many years ago, and I went before city council because I'm in a historic district. They told me I had to take the mural down. And um, they finally let me keep it up. But uh, murals are exciting in El Paso. You know, and there are a lot of good people here, and there are a lot of artists. There's a lot of drama, a lot of plays in El Paso. There's a lot of music. It seems um, that your art tends to rile people up sometimes. Do you think that, that that is something that art has to have? It has to at least... Should art be challenging? Yeah. People do need to be shaken up. I mean, just by the fact that they've let the Republicans to do what they've done in this country and to undermine our educational system and undermine the middle class, they're eliminating the middle class in this country. So people should be challenged. 63 million people voted for Trump. Who are these 63 million morons, you know? They're unaware. They're either millionaires or they're ill-informed or uninformed. Fox TV lies. There's nothing more we can say about that, right? Like, well, we could go on and on and on about but that, but that's not art. Just grinding our gears. That's, yeah, that's called uh, manipulation of publics, the public. And Is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, not, not particularly. I, I think we've said quite a bit. Thanks for being on the show, man. Well, thanks for inviting me. That's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. Be good to each other and party on. <laughs>